Welcome to BFR Radio, a podcast dedicated to all things blood flow restriction training. This podcast is proudly sponsored by the BFR.co, where if you want to buy your own BFR cuffs, access online BFR training programs, increase your own BFR knowledge with the accredited BFR.co course, or you want more information about this type of training, this is your one place to go. And I'm your host, Dr. Chris Gavilio. Hi everyone and welcome back to BFR Radio. Thanks for joining in. It's been a little while since my previous podcast. Thank you for your patience. And as per usual, we all get busy with lots of things. I'm working as a lecturer at a university, working on a Master's of Strength and Conditioning course. It's a brand new course and working on content. And that's taking a lot of time and a lot of energy. And also working with decathlete Cedric Dubler. We've had a few competitions overseas, one in Austria and also the World Championships in Budapest and been doing some really interesting training interventions, not BFR related, but uh, strength and conditioning and performance enhancement. And I've actually been sitting on this podcast. It's actually, this one's going to be a series of podcasts. I'm always on the search for interesting, perhaps more of the unknown ways that BFR is being used for positive benefits. And while searching around, I found some fantastic evidence on the use of BFR to enhance or improve cognitive function. And normally when we think of BFR, we associate it with muscle strength and hypertrophy. The role of BFR in cognitive function does have some very good research and is quite thought-provoking, no pun intended. This has massive applications or implications for the aging population and those people who have associated cognitive-related issues. Hence, these next few episodes are going to be devoted to BFR and improving cognitive function. When putting this podcast together, I felt it was really important to lay the foundations to this topic. Therefore, to start our journey, we're actually going to be diving into a foundational paper for our subsequent episodes and this one is titled Exercise and Cognitive Function. This paper isn't solely BFR related, but rather what we cover in this episode will lay the foundation for subsequent episodes. So stick with me on this one. And this paper explores the relationship between exercise and cognitive function, and it's packed with some really interesting findings. This paper is actually a review, which is a collection of studies or other individual studies that examines the impact of exercise on cognitive function. And the studies range from exploring the relationship between exercise duration and executive function to investigating the neural markers that are related to and potentially through understanding the way to activate these different neural markers it could improve cognitive inhibition after acute exercise. As it's important to review and understand these markers, I will do my best to explain them to you, what they are and their purpose in an easy to understand way. One of the common biological and structural correlates of cognition that will come up today and in subsequent podcasts is called brain-derived neurotrophic factor or BDNF. Brain-derived nootropic factor is a type of protein that plays a significant role in promoting the growth 
and survival of neurons, as well as supporting learning and memory. Exercise has been shown to increase brain-derived eutrophic factor levels, which can lead to improved cognitive function. Another related key term to understand is neutrophic production. Neutrophic factors are proteins that support growth, survival, and differentiation of neurons in the brain. They play an important role in maintaining healthy brain function and promoting cognitive abilities. As this is a review paper, it brings together a large collection of studies related to this topic. And one of the most interesting findings from the paper or this review is that a 20-minute bout of moderate intensity exercise is effective in enhancing aspects of executive function. This means that just a short workout can have a positive impact on your cognitive abilities. And in this study, longer durations were seen to be not optimal in enhancing executive function any further. But at the same time, it's important to note that it did not harm cognition. But it's not just about the duration of exercise. The paper also explores the impact of different types of exercise on cognitive function. For example, open skilled exercise may have a more pronounced effect on neutrophic production, which may play a critical role in several sub cognitive parameters, such as memory function. Open skilled exercises are those that require adaptability and involves unpredictable, constantly changing environments. Examples in this case could include something like playing basketball or soccer. And research suggests that open skilled exercises may have a more pronounced effect on eutrophic production, which in turn could improve cognitive function. This paper also highlights the potential sex-specific effects of exercise on memory function. This means that there may be differences in how exercise impacts memory function for both men and women. Another study investigated the neural markers that could improve cognitive inhibition after acute exercise. In this case, this exercise protocol involved a five-minute warm-up, 20 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise at 60 to 70% of heart rate reserve, followed by a five-minute cool down. In this study, the neural marker they monitored was called N450, and they also included a cognition assessment called the Stroop test. Now, N450 is an event-related potential component related to conflict monitoring which helps us detect and resolve conflicts when processing information. And the Stroop test, this is a classic test of cognitive control and measures the ability to suppress automatic responses while performing a task. In this Stroop test, the participant will be asked to name the color of an ink in which a word is written. The words themselves are color names, but they may not match the color of the ink in which they are written. This creates a conflict between what the word says and what the color is printed in, which requires cognitive control to resolve. The time it takes to complete the task and the number of errors made are measured, with longer reaction times and more errors indicating weak cognitive control. If you're struggling to just grasp that one, just do a Google search on the Stroop test and it'll actually show you those examples where Although the word is pink, it may actually be in the color blue, for example. 
Overall, this study suggests that enhanced conflict monitoring via N450 changes could be an underlying process that leads to an improved performance in the Stroop test following 20 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise. Once again, when I talk about all these different markers, N450, B, D, and F, don't stress about what they are and having to understand it. I'm just trying to give you an understanding that these are the markers. What do they mean? But really, we want to be looking at it. Is it a positive response that we're having with whatever intervention that we're doing? And if you are really into this, these different markers and what they represent, as always, you can do a simple search and then there's lots of papers in this area. And another study looked at how a single session of exercise might affect the process of motor memory, which is how we remember physical tasks. As such, the researchers in the study wanted to know if there's any influence on dopaminergic pathways on exercise-induced motor memory consolidation. They used a stationary cycling exercise protocol, which consisted of a two-minute warm-up followed by three blocks of cycling at 90% or 45% of maximum wattage determined by earlier testing. This is really saying is they're looking at the difference of high intensity, that's 90% maximum wattage cycling and 45% maximum, that's low intensity. They looked at something called a single nucleotide polymorphism or SNPs. Lots of big words there. In essence, SNPs plays an important role in the process of motor memory consolidation. The study also looked at how SNPs affect synaptic dopamine levels. You would have heard a bit about dopamine, I'm sure. And this is a chemical in the brain that helps with attention, motivation, and reward, acting as the brain's feel-good messengers. SNPs can influence the amount of dopamine at the connections between nerve cells, impacting how we think and feel. Alongside dopamine, the researchers explored plasticity-regulating proteins, which are the brain's tools for shaping and maintaining learning connections between nerve cells. These proteins allow our brains to continually learn and adapt. SMPs can affect these proteins, influencing how we learn and remember. And furthermore, the SMPs influencing the levels of synaptic dopamine or the expression of proteins in the brain, in turn can impact cognitive function, making some individuals more susceptible to cognitive decline or more responsive to interventions that target cognitive health such as exercise. In summary, this study added to the growing evidence that our genetic variations, specifically these SNPs, can influence how our brains work and how they respond to interventions like exercise. These studies are only a snapshot of what this review article discussed. And in the paper, they produced a table which provides a summary of 23 published papers on this topic. In it, this table, they include the purpose, study design, exercise protocol, cognition, and main results of each study. So check the table out if you want to see what the other studies have been conducted. The table also includes studies that explore the impact of exercise on emotional memory, short-term and long-term memory, cognitive inhibition, and attentional control. 
The study covers a range of populations, including children, older adults, and individuals with neurological conditions. And I'm sure we've all heard of the positive benefits exercise, but this table is a great summary, which highlights the potential of exercise to enhance cognitive function, improve our ability to navigate conflict, and promote the necessary proteins or growth factors to support the growth, survival, and differentiation of neurons in the brain. And these all play a crucial role in maintaining healthy brain function and promoting cognitive abilities. And it wouldn't be BFR Radio without a mention of a BFR study. And in this review article, they do mention one BFR study. And aside from the addition of wearing BFR cuffs, the other difference is that they used a resistance exercise protocol instead of cardiovascular-based exercise. And just once again, reinforcing that the studies that I spoke about earlier looked at more so moderate aerobic cardiovascular-based exercise. And that's what a lot of the studies around brain function looks at. However, this was a resistance training study. The exercise protocol used consisted of four sets of leg press with 30% of the participants 1RM with 30 seconds of rest between sets. The control group performed the same exercise protocol, except they didn't wear BFR cuffs. In other words, this is a typical BFR study that we would read for say, increases in muscle strength or hypertrophy. However, in this study, because we're looking at cognitive function, it was measured using the Stroop test, which, as we spoke about earlier, assesses selective attentions and cognitive flexibility. That was the test where you have a word and a color, and you have to distinguish whether they're correct or not. The main results of the study showed that the BFR training group had a significant improvement in cognitive function compared to the control group, suggesting that BFR training may be a positive addition for cognitive function. There was no other marker of cognitive function, and the authors of the review article presented this article as a hypothesis that resistance training with BFR could boost the effectiveness on cognitive performance. This will be something that we will discuss in subsequent episodes when we look at specific BFR training studies based around cognitive function. And I'm confident it's going to be pretty enlightening. And although this review study only looked at one resistance training study, there's actually a few floating out there. And that's what I'm going to be doing in these subsequent episodes. And this is where I will leave this review article for the episode. And before I leave you for this episode, I'm actually keen to try a few different things. So for this episode, I want to introduce a segment called What Would You Do? The idea behind this is that not only do I want to provide you with interesting and relevant topics on BFR, but also provide a fantastic learning experience. And this concept is loosely borrowed from physicist Richard Fenman, who created a technique which involves breaking down a concept into simple terms and then teaching it to someone else. And this idea, and this is called the Fenman technique. This process can assist the learner with identifying any gaps in their understanding and reinforce their mastery of a concept. The key to the Fenman technique is to use plain language, analogies, and examples when teaching the concept to someone else. By doing so, it forces the student, or you in this case, to truly understand the concept of a fundamental level 
so that they can explain it in a clear and concise way. We've covered the concept, we've explained it in a simple way, now it's time to reinforce our learning. This is where we present you with a scenario-based question related to this podcast topic. Now, we won't be giving you the answer in this podcast, as we know this won't give you time to properly process the podcast in question. So head to our website, and also if you do access this podcast through Podbean, it'll also be written up there. And today's question is related to the effects of exercise on cognitive function. The scenario is this. You're a university student who has a big exam coming up. You've been studying for weeks, but you're feeling a bit nervous about how well you'll do on the exam. You've heard that exercise can help improve cognitive function, but you're not sure what type of exercise or how long you should exercise for. What would you do? As I said, the answer won't appear on this podcast, but rather head over to my website, thebfr.co or Podbean and look under my blog post on this article where you will find the answer. And that's all for today's podcast. A short one for today, as I said, it was all about laying the foundations for our subsequent podcasts. And I'll bring the next few out in a quicker succession so we can keep this theme going. If this episode has sparked your own interest in starting an exercise regime, get in touch with me through my website, which is www.thebfr.co or my socials, which is at thebfr.co. And you can also purchase your own BFR cuffs from our website and you'll find that also at the website, which is thebfr.co. And lastly, before I go, a couple of favors from me to you. If you know of someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. And remember to keep the pump.